In a partially renovated bathroom, a general contractor strikes their subcontractor with an empty caulk gun. Collapsing into the tub, the victim realizes their fate is sealed and rips three tiles off the wall. Is it a clue to the murder? Is it a hint at the motive? No. It's Dying Message, the detective anime mystery podcast. Welcome to Dying Message, where each week we watch detective anime along with a mystery guest. Today's case, Moriarty the Patriot, Episodes 2 and 3, The Scarlet Eyes. I'm your lead investigator, Noah Max Levine, although some days I honestly feel more like a follow investigator. So what you can expect from our podcast today, we all, along with our mystery guest, watch these two episodes of Moriarty the Patriot, which you, if you're in the US, could find on Funimation, the streaming service. Um, we will spoil it very thoroughly what happens in those episodes. So if you want to be surprised, it's not so much a murder mystery, but there's a lot of twists and turns. Um, you can watch that in advance or, you know, you can never watch it because, uh, you know, m- maybe you're just in it for the jokes and the fun times. Yeah, we're not sponsored by Funimation. We don't care if you give them money to watch their shows. Yeah, or watch their ads and give them money indirectly. <laughs> speaking of Michael speaking, I'm joined as always by our resident anime expert, Michael, who lives with me and watches a lot of anime. And usually I ask you a silly question, but I decided not to do that today. So what have you got for us? Uh, shoot. <laughs> there was nothing Japanese in this whole anime. I didn't come up with any fun Japanese uh, cultural facts. I did learn about counts and earls, though. Well, you can't be unprepared when, when <laughs> I was unprepared. <laughs> <laughs> We're unprepared. One of us has to what be prepared. Happened? Well, I learned about counts and earls. Did you know they're the same damn thing? I didn't know that. (laughs) We were watching this anime, and I heard uh, them referring to uh, Moriarty, the eldest, as Hakshaku, which I know to be Count from the anime based on the Count of Monte Cristo, which I don't remember the name of, but it was weird, and they used color rainbow paper instead of painting the cells. Anyway, I digress. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Apparently, they're the same thing. Earl and Count, it's just different words referring to the same thing. Who knew? I don't know anything about the nobility. No, I don't either. But that did tie into the Japanese words and language. You clearly were prepared. So I did it. <laughs> I pulled it out of my butt. So, so stop selling yourself short. Okay. Let's go ahead and introduce our mystery guest because we watched two episodes of this thing that um, we, we need a lot. We need a lot of time. We need we need a couple hours of your time. That's a lie to talk through this. So um, I'm really excited to have this guest with us today. Our guest this episode is a humorist, the host of the improvised public radio show People of Interest, co-host of My Dinner with Ryan Neal, P.T. Bardenlow, and bass player for the Mean Wendy Band. Also, one time he solved the mystery of the fractured ceiling. I've cracked the case. It's Ryan T. Barlow. Woo! Yay! Woo! Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> hey, ever- Crowds of people, go away. Yes. <laughs> we need to talk to the guest. Yeah, geez. Live audience. <laughs> It's funny because before we were recording, you told us about how you like made arrangements for every member of your family to be in a different physical location today. You make it seem like I like orchestrated this whole thing, whereas it just kind of happened. You know, it's true. It's true. <laughs> my wife happens to be away, and my mother-in-law happened to want to see my son, so uh, it's perfect. Otherwise, you would have two guests, two mystery guests on your show, where my son Declan would enter and. 
ask about Paw Patrol. So unless you're prepared to also have a Paw Patrol uh, podcast, <laughs> it's, it's probably for the best. How frequently does Paw Patrol do uh, murder mysteries? They don't do any murder mysteries. They do <laughs> like a handful of mysteries, but their mysteries are usually like like the it's one of those things where the audience knows who did it and the Paw Patrol doesn't and they have to figure it out. But, you know, the whole time and it's always Mayor Humdinger. And it's mm. like, why isn't hasn't this man been arrested? Like he's he's literally like committed so many felonies and he's he's gotten away with it. And uh, he keeps doing it because he has faced no repercussions whatsoever. And wow. it's, it's it's yeah. Well, if Paw Patrol gets an anime adaptation, you can bet we'll probably cover it. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll be back for that. Ryan, I've got some questions for you. In terms of like what you like to watch and media you like to consume, are you a mystery fan in any form or fashion, books, movies, things hidden under doormats? I mean, I enjoy mysteries. I wouldn't say that I'm like uh, reached the level of fandom, but I, I certainly enjoy them. I really into lately. I've been really into like noir books. I was reading like James Elroy's L.A. Quartet. I really like you know Dashiell Hammett and Raymond Chandler. And I really actually I do I do enjoy Agatha Christie, which is one of those things where you're kind of like it seems like such like a mom book, but I'm like oh <laughs> and um oh shoot uh, Kinsey Mahone the uh, the Alphabet series by Sue Grafton also just like a super mom beach read book <laughs> and. Because she passed away, I think, a couple of years ago. And it was like right when I was like getting noir and like finding out all these things. And they're like, and they were talking about Kinsey Mahone, the the protagonist. And she's like, I was like, she's really down to earth. She's not like, you know, I was like, this sounds really interesting. Like, I th- assumed it was just kind of a gimmicky, like Tom Clancy, like 17 people are writing this like alphabet murder series or whatever. And uh, they're actually really good. I mean, not, I mean, they're not all winners, obviously. Did she get to Z? No, she passed away after X. And so they were Oh my like, God. I know. Oh God, that's worse than Robert Jordan dying before he finished The Wheel of Time. <laughs> like right, just, uh, just right there. No, wait, he actually, no, she got to Y. She, the only one that's missing is Z. Oh and so my God. she's like, it's like literally one away from like the whole thing. And it's a shame too, because she used to do, I guess she used to be in like TV and movies and she will, she refused like in her will and, and during when she was alive, she refused to let any of the stories become movies. And I'm like, this yeah. is such a like cinematic kind of a feel to this story. It's a shame that we can't turn them into movies, but you know. Well, what, what do we think Z would have been for? So this uh, is the, right, this is the series. It's like A is for abduction. B is for. Borg- yeah. A is for. Shoot. It's, some, it's a crime or something. It is a crime. It, B is for burglary. C is for corpse. Was M for murder because someone did that already? No, M was... Okay. Yeah, I forget what M was. I gotta... They're right. I'm like trying to see if I can see them from my bookshop, but they may be downstairs. Uh, and it's like... Gosh, A is like the most obvious one, too. But yeah, B is for burglar. C is for corpse. D is arson? for... Arson? No, it's not arson. Darn it. Asphyxiation. Yeah. <laughs> A is for... Can I look it up? Is that is that kosher? Is that... Is yeah, you, you, you can look it up. I have a <laughs> Wikipedia tab open for later. Oh, A is for abduction. A is for alibi. Oh. oh. Okay, so what is Z for? Z, uh, I don't, we, we can come up with this ourselves. Zalibi. Z is for zebra hoof murders. I think like sometimes that like she kind of would like bend the rules like I think like you could say like zipper or something you know where it's like oh but where's this going 
It's, oh, I think I bet it's like Z is for zero. You know, it's like zero. Hmm. Well, I don't know if she ever came up with that or not. Maybe or she just she couldn't come up with one, so she faked her death, so she wouldn't yeah. have to write it. <laughs> Z Z is for Zoom. It's a murder that Zoom. took place over Zoom. Ooh, I'm gonna be honest. I probably wouldn't read that one. <laughs> that one sounds like a bit of a dud. Yeah, it's in a Zoom meeting format, so each page is like the little Zoom boxes right. with with, uh, with captions at the bottom. Yes, yeah, so she her final book is a graphic novel of photos. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Okay, well, uh, that solves the mystery of your consumption of mysteries. But now let's investigate anime. What's What kind of anime have you seen, if any? Let's see. Like Growing up, Voltron was uh, around, obviously. You know, everybody saw Voltron in the 80s and 90s. Which was, it was very much like the first, like, you know, that sort of anime where like, oh, <gasps> there's a lot of good gasping and like recycled animation. And it's just like... <laughs> And then in the 90s, yeah, the late 90s, I was watching Dragon Ball Z because I was pretty big. Everybody was talking about it, which like is such a drag, too, because you're like, like, oh, man, it's so, so exciting. The first like the first act is just like, this is what happened last time. The second act is, OK, this is what's happening now. And the third act is like, this is what's going to happen. This is what we're setting up for next episode. And I'm like, I got like just, you know, five minutes of content here <laughs> of like actual story progression. Yeah, that series is so notoriously stretched out. They actually made a newer version of it when they were remastering it called Dragon Ball Kai, where they cut out just like tons of filler and made it way shorter. Oh, maybe Z is for Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Sue Grafton's Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> what is he? I watched a couple other ones like here and there. Oh, I was watching Full Metal Alchemist. I watched it every now and again when it was on uh, Adult Swim and Toonami. And then... You know, I caught a couple episodes like this is really interesting. I should like sit down and watch it one day. And then I like picked it up again and it was a completely different show. Brotherhood. Yeah, it looked exactly the same. And the plot points were kind of the same. And I was like, wait, what is happening here? Because the two shows are the same story, just told differently. But the animation is also pretty much pretty similar. So the original Full Metal Alchemist came out while the manga was still going or the original comic book, basically, mm -hmm. and caught up to it and made up their own ending. Oh. Uh, so then Brotherhood adapted the whole manga without making up any content. Mm. And started over from the beginning again. Mm -hmm. Which one's better? What, what, are, what, are the, Brotherhood. what do the people say? Brotherhood? Brotherhood, yeah. It also, like, just, like, the animation is more modern because it was made a few years later. Is it, like, is it preferred you should, you should watch both, like, or just, like, just watch Brotherhood? The other just watch Brotherhood. Watch it. It's not like the first one was bad or anything, but the ending was kind of hokey. Mm-hmm. We hate old things. I I missed this at the beginning of the episode. To, to contextualize what we're watching today, we've been watching a bunch of series uh, that mm -hmm. have come out in the past year or two, including this one, which aired like just a few months ago, what we're talking about today. But uh, were there other animes uh, that you oh, were going to tell I us about, did, Ryan? I, I, saw, I saw one anime from start to finish. It's Afro Samurai. It's the only <laughs> one that I've ever completed the entirety of the story. Although it kind of ends on a cliffhanger, so I was like... And I don't know if they made more. I think they did. Afro Samurai is interesting because it is an anime. It was produced by Madhouse, but it was produced for the American audience primarily. Mm. Uh, so it's like a weird, like, it's an American targeted cartoon, but it's definitely an anime by, made by an anime studio. Right. Not like those Netflix Castlevanias. <laughs> I did see those. <laughs> I know there's people who like them, but oof, I don't. But they're made by an American American studio, I think, in a in a Japanese animation style, so... 
Yeah, oh. you're going to get into a lot of fights yes. in bars with uh, broken pool cues. Yeah. And they say fuck a lot. Oh, I saw Akira. I've, I've seen the film Akira. But that's a live action film. Akira? Isn't it? No. No, it's an anime what? film. It's like, <laughs> no, it is. Isn't that, that right. the, the Ur anime film? <laughs> to, you're right. You're yeah, right. To American King audiences, something else. that's the most classic anime movie. <laughs> right. I haven't seen it, so I should maybe be replaced as uh, lead investigator. So uh, layering these concepts on top of each other in a conceptual way. Have you ever seen a mystery or detective anime before? Not uh, not specifically of that genre. Awesome. Well, um, you, you, you've more or less seen one now. I yes. think, <laughs> I think we could say. So before we start talking in depth about Moriarty the Patriot and the two episodes, well, we all watched three episodes, but we're talking about two of them that we watched. Uh, Michael, what, what do you want to tell us about Moriarty the Patriot? Sure. So Moriarty the Patriot, uh, I think we... We characterized it as the Robin Hood of murder. Uh, so Moriarty, uh, James Moriarty, the famous rival of Sherlock Holmes, has been split in this story into three brothers, the Moriarty brothers, who are all beautiful anime men. And they hate the rich people. They hate the rich, but they are rich. Uh, and they basically, they consult out with like to help poor people get revenge on rich people by helping them murder them with the goal of bringing down the entire class structure in victorian england where this is set mm -hmm. this is eat, eat the rich the anime <laughs> so i was reading the wikipedia article about professor moriarty because one of the things um in these two episodes they're called the scarlet eyes and he has like the main character has really red eyes and we were like is that from the original and as far as I can tell, there's no physical description of Moriarty in the original stories because he was actually only in two Sherlock Holmes stories directly. Mm -hmm. And the only the reason that Arthur Conan Doyle made him up is because he was killing Sherlock Holmes. So he introduced him in the story where Sherlock Holmes died. Then he brought Sherlock Holmes back because, I mean, even in the pre-internet age, he probably like couldn't walk out on the street without someone coming up to him and demanding that he write more Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> so that's weird. But then Moriarty is like every Sherlock Holmes, like elementary, Sher the BBC Sherlock, Sherlock, series Sherlock. What we watched last week, the Kabuki Cho Sherlock, always has a Moriarty character. And they're much more important in um, adaptations of Sherlock Holmes and modern depictions than in other things. And there's some weird references and stories to his brother also being named James and his name, his name is James. So um, in Moriarty the Patriot, there's three brothers named James Moriarty, and also, but this was also used in an American radio series, The Further Adventures of Sherlock Holmes, which had three James Moriarty brothers. This anime didn't invent that. <laughs> Wait, I thought the one brother was named Albert, and then... Albert James, yeah. Oh, Albert, James, Albert James Moriarty. William James and... And uh, Louis James. Louis. <laughs> but then there's two William Moriarty... Anyway, yeah. <laughs> we're going to have a lot <laughs> of trouble. isn't even William Mori Moriarty, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, so this will be a lot of fun to talk about, I think. But let's start by focusing in on the opening song. Okay. <laughs> oh, jeez. Ah, <laughs> uh, jeez. Did you uh, like geez. it? It's, it's like, because you're, you're reading the subtitles while they're singing, and it's like, it's like super intense. And then uh, I'm like, wait, what? Like, I don't know if it's just a translation thing, but, you know, it's like, it's very like, you need to find your bleeding passion or whatever and you're all this and it says like you're you're uh dying wish or something is that like a yeah they they the first like four lines of the song they're rhyming english words together 
amongst otherwise Japanese lyrics. Mm-hmm. I know. So they do that. mist, list, cyst, and Which then they rhyme that with dying wish. wish. Yeah. Those all rhyme with wish, everyone. Sure. <laughs> uh, and I also picked out the English word dystopia. Yes. Mm-hmm. There's a Classic. few r- random English words just sprinkled throughout in places where I know they have Japanese word for things in this anime. Like there was a specific point where they were he was on a train talking to a guy who was gambling and they said money in English. Like there's Oh. They didn't say like pounds or like a Japanese word. They just said money in English and I was like, "Why is that?" That's weird. Yeah. It's funny cuz I would pick that up and I was like, "Oh, I guess Japanese people just don't have a word for this." <laughs> Seems <laughs> I mean, all right. Seems like seems like they would, but <laughs> money. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. So the the name of the song is "Dying Wish," uh, sung by Hatanaka Tasuku, who is primarily a voice actor, uh, but has like two albums and some singles, and has sung some anime openings, and is generally not bad. Or often, when voice actors do like one one off songs, they're like pretty mediocre. But this wasn't. It's not bad. This very much to me, like the lyrics are so specific to the anime. It felt like a decent opening to the anime, but not like such a great song that you're going to put it on your Spotify playlist like you do with all the other anime we watch. It almost sounded like, I don't know, like video game background music, but with orchestration and someone singing like it's just (laughs) like it's just kind of musical wallpaper. There's like a choir at the beginning. Yeah. Ryan, mm-hmm. did you pick out any of the visuals? I know it is hard when you're doing the subtitles as right. well. There's like the clock and there's like, well, then there's Big like ben. two characters that like, they have like a chess piece that seems very important. And then it, it has not, they're like, one guy's got a chess piece and he throws the other one, he catches it in his teeth and they're like shooting. And I'm like, well, who are these guys? I'm like, <laughs> I feel like they should have been introduced sooner. <laughs> One of the fun things about anime openings is they often have the characters that are introduced in episodes four, five, and six because they're not going to remake them. So you go, ooh, I wonder who that person is going to be. <laughs> I never found out. It's the knife guy and the gun guy. Yeah. The, like the clearly two other members of the Moriarty gang that we haven't met yet. Right. Yeah, we have more Moriartys. It's uh, Bill yeah. James Moriarty and... Uh, Jimmy, Fra- Jimmy James. Frank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Another thing that I thought was interesting is that Moriarty is an Irish name, so I don't know if it's like authentic the way this show portrays the Moriartys as like this uh, English noble family. But anyway, no idea. Um, did you catch in the opening the characters that are Sherlock Holmes and Watson? Yes, that was very clear. And then yeah, it's always funny because it's like that anime style of like I guess people who are more innocent tend to look like just big fat babies. And so, like, Watson had that, like, very, like, this is a small child's face on a man's body. (laughs) Is that how you're describing Watson? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know, like, there's, what, like, 12 episodes of the anime, and I guess over the course of it, Sherlock starts getting onto what Moriarty is up to, and there's maybe a confrontation. We've only watched through episode three. I know there's a confrontation because the first chapter of manga, the first page is them having a confrontation, and then it cuts back (laughs) to the contents of these episodes. Oh, Oh, interesting. They show the they show a waterfall like it comes up. I think what maybe it's in the ending. I think it's in the ending, which. We're they're like painting a waterfall, yeah, right? They're paint, yeah, they're painting a bunch of different stuff, and it focuses on the waterfall. And that ending is just bizarre. Like, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't get it at all. <laughs> um, I loved it. I love it. It's so weird. Um, but yeah, Reichenbach falls. Uh, Moriarty and Sherlock Holmes both fall over it, and that's how Sherlock Holmes dies. So that that seems to be a deliberate 
deliberate right. visual image. If I had to try to interpret the metaphor of the very weird ending where it's them as children painting this beautiful world and getting the paint all over them, is probably that like they, they want to make a more beautiful world, but also they're getting you know it's a, they get messy in the process. I don't know right. something like that. The ending song <laughs> for me. Let's just get it out of the way. Let's talk about it now. Mm-hmm. The ending song for me is just too cheery. It it's is. tonal whiplash. This this stuff is so dark, and then they're it's bright. They're painting. They're getting these colorful paints all over themselves. They're smiling, and the music has is is happy too. Yeah, it actually reminds me of Full Metal Alchemist a little bit because there was a lot of that. Like the ending themes would be flashbacks to them, like in their happy childhood <laughs> past. But like the episode ends with, "Oh no, we accidentally remade our mom's corpse into a creepy monster." Right. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> La 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 la. la. Uh, (laughs) We're not obviously going to touch on the first episode too much, but the first episode is super dark. And then it's like, ha ha, we're painting. (laughs) What's this (laughs) show? (laughs) Welcome to anime. Uh. Watching that after the first episode is even weirder because the first episode doesn't flash back to their childhood like these episodes does. So you don't know who these kids are necessarily. You're like, is that them? What's happening? Why is this? (laughs) Yeah. Let's let's disentangle this whole first episode thing. Um, but I want to f- bring up one last image from the opening song, which is also like the anime, like the poster, like the cover image on the Splash streaming image, service. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. The main Moriarty character holding a gun up to his head and making this like face. Right. And I don't know what that's supposed to mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does it at the end of the at the very last thing in the credits, and he's like, "Oh, I'm holding a revolver to my head." <gasps> and I'm like, How, "Is this? What does that mean?" I don't know, like, he's self-sacrificing, like, he knows he's sacrificing himself, but doing it anyway, I don't know. Or, or is it, like, maybe at the end, he be, because he's become the aristocracy, like, mm. like that's the oh, goal. Oh, man, he's become everything he hates. Right. Or someone just saw Persona 3 and was like, that's cool, I'm gonna put, <laughs> put a gun to this guy's head. He also, both in that shot and in a lot of shots, uh, this specific, I call him uh, Middle Yardy. In most of my notes, the middle, <laughs> like the, the main one that's like the middle right. aged brother. I called him Maury Smarty. I also called him Scarlet. <laughs> See, I was thinking he's Moriarty and everybody else is just like the other people. Like he's the main guy. That's basically what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And it's Albert and Lewis. But they're all also named Moriarty. It's confusing. Yeah. See, I think he's Moriarty and then it's Albert and Lewis. Like that was how my brain put them together. But that's like, do you, you have a sibling, Ryan? I do. That's like me calling you Barlow in the presence of your siblings. Well, see, it's it's funny, though, because I just have a sister. So that like in high school, like so I went to an all guys high school. So everyone was just their last name. Like every it was just everyone was, you know, Barlow or Bianchi or whatever. And so you had. Uh, so, yeah, if you were like around my sister, like Barlow, she would not respond like, she would wait for you to say Aiden. Because she went to a normal school where they called people by their regular names? Well, she went to an all-girls school, and at all-girls schools, it's it's the reverse. I see. The thing I was trying to say uh, is <laughs> <laughs> the, the face he makes when he holds the gun up to his head is a face he makes a lot. And it's like, I, I can only call it as, like, evil anime smizing, because he's like, his eyes are, like, clearly evil and ill-intent, but he's, like, smiling, and it's weird. It's a weird anime energy. Yeah. Yeah. I really enjoy watching this, but I'm I don't I don't know how much they want us to like this main character and how much they want us to sympathize with him and that and it and and yeah, it's it's complicated. Right. Where you're kinda like like ah, I I get where you're coming from, but also like you're kind of annoying. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, annoying. That's the characteristic we're going for. <laughs> he's got that because he's like a know-it-all and it's like he's a little bit insufferable because you're like, all right, yes, you're you know all the you know how to, you know, bake bread good and how to, you know, which horses are going to win and all this stuff. And it's like and, you know, when's the best time to murder someone? But, uh, you know, it's like you could you don't have to be so cocky about it. <laughs> yeah. With your weird blonde eyelashes. Yeah. <laughs> and so the, the the red eye thing isn't like an anime convention. Because I know there's like certain like shorthand, like visual shorthands. I've certainly seen red eyed anime characters, like for sure. There was a whole like race of people in Full Metal Alchemist who had red eyes. Uh, Scar and the people from, I don't remember his made up country anymore. I used sure. to know it. <laughs> it's probably a Sherlock Holmes reference. I don't, I haven't found any evidence that Moriarty was described as having red eyes but you know there is a study in scarlet so maybe they saw a study in scarlet and were like "Mm, scarlet eyes but then lewis has red eyes too well they're brothers yeah but they're biologically if you're like if okay moriarty's you know full of you know malice and you know bloody revenge red eyes and like does lewis feel the same way i mean he's his main skill seems to be to sneak up behind people and almost stab them so (laughs) (laughs) um and to make a good omelet a Mm. good cheese omelet Mm -hmm. but not not tea for the aristocracy right if he only he wasn't stricken with generic anime body (laughs) sickness (sighs) he'd be so (laughs) i love this about lewis we can talk about his illness right like he has some mysterious illness when he's introduced as a child and they live with the family just long enough for him to get a surgery, which permanently cures him of said illness. Right. And they never have to talk about it but again. But he's still like a like a frail butler kind of character from that point forward for some reason. Yeah. I, yeah. That was the other thing. I was like, what's well, your brother? Why is he like in charge of omelet making? Yeah. Why is he in charge of omelet making? All right. We got to do some explaining here. So let's <laughs> no, start. Let's not. <laughs> let's let's no start context. with why we are why we are covering episodes two and three and not episode one. I do think there's. It's very likely that in the lifespan of this podcast, we'll come back and and watch episode one with another mystery guest sometime because it really was like its own self-contained story that doesn't explain who these characters are or what they're doing, but that you can watch on its own. But Michael, you read the manga. The first chapter, yeah. Or you read the first chapter of the manga, and that pretty much lines up with episodes two and three. Yeah, there is like slight differences, which I'll point out the, the more fun ones, maybe when we get to them, because out of context, they're random. <laughs> but yeah, mostly the same. It's like the, it sets up the whole setup of who these characters are and why they're in this situation by flashing back to them when they were a little bit younger than they are in the main series. So when they made the anime, they created this new story to be episode one, where they're already adults and doing their thing. Um, but it, it honestly, we, we found it makes more sense to start with episodes two and three and then go back to one, but you know, whatever. I don't know. Ryan, what did you think? You watched them in, in actual order. Yeah. I, yeah. It's one of those things where like, for me, I'm like, I have to, like, I can't skip ahead. I'm like, well, if we're going <laughs> to, I kind of, I got to see the in order so I understand it. And then it was like, cause it's like when you, when you watch two and three, you're like, oh, I understand the relationship of all the characters. But in the first one, you're like, okay, so you've got Moriarty. I don't quite know what his deal is. It's not like he's, it feels like he's a detective. And then uh, the Albert character, you're like, wait, is he the murderer? And then it's just like a very like, nope, it's that guy over there. And you're like, oh, well, all right then. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Hey, would you kill this guy that did horrible things to your son? Like, well, yes, I would. 
Well, then have <laughs> I got a deal for you. <laughs> the other thing about Red is there's a lot of blood. Like, there's notable moments of bloodiness in, in every one of these episodes. Yes. I really liked in the, the third episode where, like, that one evening, the, the faded evening, uh, where there was just a, this blood red filter over everything until, like, the very moment the one character is killed and then everything snaps back to color. I thought that was that was cool. so odd. <laughs> yeah, I, it was like a blood red moon. And I was like, Oh, it's the it's the night of the blood red moon. Yeah, it's the calamity Ganon come to reset all of the monster spawns. <laughs> what well, because the other thing too is the because uh, uh, that the character who does the killing has that sort of like, they start playing with his vision where you have all those like darkening of like, and everything, which is like, it's funny, because it's like, well, we'll get to that part, but I had a, I had a thought about his uh, particular character, but I'll, I'll wait until we get to said that point. Yeah, let's start going through some of the plot stuff that happens in order. We won't touch on everything, but because uh, there's this there's some craziness happening towards the end. Um, I will I will mention just briefly this episode one starts with a really weird introduction, which we don't have to talk about. So why did I even mention it? This is not useful. All right, episode two. <laughs> Episode two starts with its kind of narration-y prologue, which establishes that we're in 19th century colonial Britain, and it uh, gives you statistics about the privileged class ruling over society and rigid social classes that are established by your your station and birth. And the whole thing about this show is it's all about class struggles. But I love it, like the way that they've broken it down is it's like there's very rich evil people and there's very, very poor people. And that's it. <laughs> you get artisans, poor people who own their own shops, poor. There's a slightly more uh, detailed pyramid in the uh, the manga that breaks it up a little bit more. But I guess they wanted to sound snappy. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll see that throughout this episode. Is there anything we want to say? So the, the beginning of episode two and at the end of episode three, uh, William James Moriarty, the main red haired, the red, main red eyes one is on this train with this guy who is looking for horsing advice. Horse racing advice. Horsing. He's horsing around. You know, he's like, <laughs> <laughs> how does I horse? <laughs> no horseplay. Apart from being just a moment where we get a glimpse of the grown-up character, not really much happens in these bookend scenes, I would nope. say. No, and it's also like, it's unclear because it's like at the beginning, he's like, it's like, oh, I know all about horse racing. Here's the story of my life. And then it's like, at the end, it's like, the guy's like, He's like, well, that sounds, It's well, at least you had, you know, caring parents or something. It's like, you clearly left out a lot of things when you told that story, <laughs> but we saw the real version. So I thought that you just told that guy everything that just happened. Which would be wild. Like, yeah. if you had, like can you imagine someone sits down on like a crossing the train? He's like, oh, yeah, I love horse racing. And also I killed my family. <laughs> yeah, spoilers. Yeah. But, I mean, by the end of the second episode, if you were watching these in order, you know pretty much what's going to happen in the third episode. Right. And that they're going to kill all these people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, the other weird thing here is it's a little bit out of order. So some of the stuff at the beginning of the first episode happens, and then we go back further before that. The time dashing was weird, yeah. The Hmm. first stuff is... um, William and Lewis are two orphan brothers, and they are have been adopted and are living with the Moriarty's. Right. And uh, William is out on the street in fancy clothes, giving people lots of helpful tips. Right. And also pretending to be the real William Moriarty, because we don't know what yeah. their last their orphan last name was. 
Yeah, like he's already pretending to be him, uh, like for fun while he's still around. I think it was like he's because he was already planning on replacing him, so he figured he should probably. If he's just out in the street, everyone's like, "Oh yeah, it's that guy." Ryan, I'm curious what you thought the food that guy gave him was because that was mystifying to me. <laughs> I think there were scones. I, I was like, "Are they cookies? Are they are they baked potatoes?" Scones. Yeah. In the in the manga, they called it bread, but I wasn't convinced. So scones, I think, sounds <laughs> yeah, like I think a good scones. argument. <laughs> First, you know, your your sweeter breads. <laughs> I thought maybe his name just happened to be William before adoption, but it's just not clear. They just don't tell us anything about their pre-adoption names. No. Yeah, I did check. I checked the, the Wikipedia because I was like, wait, was his name William to begin with? And they're like, yes, he happened to be named William. And I was like, all right. <laughs> but can we trust the Wikipedia? I don't think it was sourced. Like, I don't think there was a little citation. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, I see. So he wasn't. If his name was actually William, making him William Moriarty, he wasn't faking it. It just happens to line up with an additional right. <laughs> Moriarty brother. People were mistaking him for the other brother. Who right. was, There was Albert and William were the actual children of the Moriarty right. family before William and Lewis were adopted. And people were mistaking him for the other William because they both have blonde hair and are about the same age, and he right. wasn't really correcting them. Now, William, the actual son, is... Awful. Yeah. It's garbage. Yeah. Total shit deal. <laughs> Sorry, am I not supposed to curse? <laughs> no, please Forgot curse. to clear that. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can. We I, we usually don't just because it's not in our vocab, but oh, you know whatever okay. comes out of you, <laughs> uh, I will. I won't cut out for for sake of profanity. Okay, I, I'll try to uh, to match the vibe. But he was a total shit heel. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. God. Well, it's funny because it's like so you have you have the 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 Moriarty parents and they're both terrible. And then you have the son, the, the son, William, is also terrible. And it makes sense. He's just emulating his parents. But then it's like, Albert is like, I'm not a terrible person. I'm a very good person. And I hate all of these terrible people that I see. And you're like, what happened to you? Yeah. Like, wait, how did you, <laughs> how did you like not become an awful, like, there's nothing, there's nothing in his, like, it's not like, oh, well, cause even the butler's a jerk. So it's like, mm-hmm. all right, you've got this butler. And so mean butler, Simon, right. Simon, <laughs> uh, you know, and then it's like, there's not like a figure where you're like, oh, this is the reason that this, that Albert is so altruistic. It's just, it's just, he, he just is, he's just, just a good is. guy. <laughs> and right. He gives William a ride home in the, the carriage and the butler is like immediately flips out that yeah. like William is wearing Albert's hand-me-downs. So he looks like a fancy person. And then he let him ride in the carriage. Right. And I like this moment when uh, he makes William take off the like, rich person clothes and then he's like got dirt covered yeah just rags underneath <laughs> and like now a he's Spider-Man. a ragamuffin yeah right he's just like <laughs> oh i'm spider-man <laughs> you know it's like ah I, i'm secretly if i need to switch into my like orphan clothes <laughs> and then this was where i got confused because it jumps back in time to before they were adopted after the after the commercial Which, yeah, break. Yeah, it took me like a hot yeah. minute to figure out. And we see Albert likes to go to the ragged school where there are lots of orphans because he does charity. But he doesn't do anything there other than like, <laughs> do you want to read? They like maybe read them a book every now and again. Like that's what you're doing. Like <laughs> Honestly, like the way the other rich people in this show act, just like being around them and being in their presence and not saying mean things about them is an act of kindness towards these children. Right. <laughs> Because the other nobility, like the one girl later on is like, yeah, my mother worked for these people and they worked her to death. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, okay. It's like literally he's the only good rich person in the entirety of Britain. 
Pretty much. And we learn that the two brothers, before they got to the orphanage, used to spend a lot of time in the British, in the library at the British Museum. Yes. Uh, which is how they learned all this stuff. But it's like they show that uh, William has all this knowledge, but like Lewis is just kind of pretty blank. Like, what, what's, what's he bringing to the table? Like, is he he's also sick. smart? Other, he's sick and he's got a knife. Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he appears to be the butler, right. which is weird. I mean, yeah. that, that's his thing, right? Like, he's average, but he's indebted to these two because they're great, and he's sort of tagging along because he happens to be related. Uh, so he's like, I guess I'll make omelets. I don't know. But then he's <laughs> being treated like a lesser... Like, you know, it's like, do you see how this breaks out? It's like he's being treated lesser than his brother because I assume that they're saying, like, oh, this is my brother... I mean, I don't know what happens in episode four, but it's like, okay, well, he, this is my brother. This is my actual biological brother. And this is our adopted, you know, brother, Lewis. And he's going to be our butler because, you know, that's just how these things right. shake out. So by the end of the episode, they have worked it out so that by the end of episode three, they've worked it out so that um, the real William Moriarty, the first one has died. And they just are like, oh, well, this William Moriarty has replaced him. And so now they're living with their adopted brother, Lewis. Right. Very confusing stuff, yeah. especially when you watch that first episode. And you're like, <laughs> who are these people? <laughs> Funny too, because they also, I feel like, string it out a little bit where it's like, Albert's like, has like keeps having these like weird, like, he like keeps looking at, because they say it, I think it's like two or three times where he's like, that's what drew it to him. And it's kind of this weird, like, you know, he's, uh, William's like turning around dramatically and like looking at the camera, like it's some sort of weird starlet shot. And he's like, he can, uh, what was it? He can impress adults, like like make adults speechless with his intellect or something like that. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, and that's yeah. what initially drew him to me. And I'm like, where is this going? <laughs> yeah, I think the pacing is, is actually overall pretty good. There's a lot of short scenes. Like he goes back to the orphanage and then back home and right. then back to the orphanage and then back home. But it, a little bit, it's a little bit of like, you know, it's like, all right, just like this like this house on fire you know come on we know you're gonna, we know that's what's gonna happen just like especially because it happened at the end of episode two and then they time bashed back to to play it out so right it's like as soon as i saw it i was like oh you killed the family cool yeah well first we gotta figure out how this family ends up getting orphans because this i feel like is an important plot device that they have employed here <laughs> Oh, you know, it's that thing where you just send your son to pick out his brothers because you can't be bothered. Okay, right. But but why does the father want orphans in the first place? Because the dad's at the party at some, like, rich people party, and there's all the rich people there, and there's some woman who's, like, very rich and very, also very altruistic and very hot, apparently. So everyone's, like, falling all over, and it's like, oh, we need to – she's like – we need to start, everybody needs to start adopting orphans. And, and then like the Moriarty dad's like, uh, uh well, I'm going to, yeah, I'll adopt an orphan. Sure. And then his wife is just furious because, and it's like the wife is somewhat justified. Like she's terrible. Like, I mean, she's an awful woman, but she's somewhat justified. And it's like, you because he's openly flirting with this duchess. Yeah. And it's like, we are going to adopt a child. We're going to adopt an orphan specifically. So I can get into the good graces of this other woman. The, f the father and the duchess's uh, relationship was downplayed to like a comedic relief thing almost in the anime, but it, it was his mistress Oh. in the manga, and they actually made the wife even shittier. Like, it was her and the original William, like, physically abusing them. Oh. Uh, and it was the both of them that got murdered in that scene with the silverware. And What? Yeah. Oh. Because the twist. younger brother was, a pe was like 
kept pointing to the fact that the two brothers had blonde hair like the the father's mistress to make the mother hate them more. Oh. It was, it was a little more twisted, yeah. Oh, wait. So is it implied that the original William is not her daughter? Is not is not Moriarty's wife's daughter? I don't know if it's taken that far, but it's like, like it's it's definitely his mistress, not just hair. the woman that he's like falling all over in front of his wife. Yeah. Oh, that would be interesting though, is if Moriarty like so they they got given up the two of them got given up for adoption and they know that the dad is his actual dad and then they oh, got adopted that way that would be pretty <laughs> it's probably too much you know that's, that's we've got enough going on <laughs> there's no reason they actually have to be genetically moriarty's it's fine yes. it's but, fun. Uh, <laughs> i came up with a term for what the father's doing mm-hmm. which is flirtue signaling Oh. 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 Because he's flirting by virtual he's flirting by virtue signaling. Yes. Yeah, because everyone everyone at that party is like, oh, I'm gonna adopt three orphans, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yes. And we should save the trees and whatever. And you're like, okay. Of course they don't even like let them eat at the dinner table right. with them, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, it's like there are now more children in my house than there were before. They are living in the attic. We throw scraps of food at them <laughs> oh yeah like let's let's not forget to mention that this is a giant house with a million rooms and they the two adopted brothers share the smallest shittiest room where their right. like beds are two feet apart yeah. oh. <laughs> it's a bad college dorm room is what it is yeah because you have a bed on each wall they're very close together and there's like a little table with a chair in between them and you can see the slant of the roof in the room so it's like cutting into the amount of space that you have and it's like okay <laughs> It's funny because it's like Simon the butler is like so mean to them. But then like you only see one other servant. And like you'd think that the servants would be kind of on their side of like, oh, man, we work for a really shitty household and just everyone's very mean. And uh, uh, so why don't you know, so I feel bad that you guys are here and you're being abused. I'm not going to pretend to know anything about English nobility because I don't care. But I get the impression from just books I've read before that like maids are often just hired employees, whereas butlers often like their family is sort of alongside the no- the noble family, so they have like a weird higher status, but are still just completely servants. Yeah, we should have brought someone who watched Downton Abbey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have certainly not any of us watched Downton Abbey. No. So. Albert has been given the task to adopt orphans, and he's definitely thinking about this kid who's, like, super smart. But before he makes a decision that, like, this is the kid he's going to bring his father to to, to bring into his house, he discovers some pretty shocking stuff. So first, (laughs) like, he sees William, like, telling these men about digging a tunnel, and then he overhears someone on the street talking about some men who digged a a 40-yard tunnel and, like, stole a bunch of money. He realizes that William was helping them do that. I also hear a sharp bell sound when I hear a fact that makes me realize something. (laughs) (laughs) And it's once he hears this, like that doesn't put him off right away. He he goes to the orphanage and he stumbles upon something that's going on in the chapel. Right. Uh, William's giving like the ultimate, like eat the rich speech. It's like, but it's weird. He's like, yes, the nobility should be, you know, are better than us. But also, a lot of them are terrible, and we should kill them. And then he gets everyone chanting to like, and the chant that I I didn't write it down, but it's like the chant was like very specific and long, where you're like, "Fight them, kill them, down with the bad nobles." Yeah, like that's a, 
I don't know if you need everyone chanting a, and then B it's like, <laughs> uh, that's a long chant. Like you don't, it just seems like, I don't think I would get it like on the first go around. Like I think I'd be like, wait, what are we saying? <laughs> the one little girl was so cheerful saying it too. Like she yeah. was into it. Yeah. <laughs> this is 10 orphans. Like, standing beneath the light of the stained glass window in the chapels chanting kill the kill the rich kill the rich and albert is like right outside the door like uh, his back against his back against the wall going oh my he's like wait i'm a rich <laughs> oh no <laughs> this is like one of those things that you watch it and you're just like this is memorable <laughs> this is a memorable <laughs> moment in television i love though that like he did make the jump of just like Hmm. Like, boy, that's awkward. But you know what? I hate <laughs> a lot of rich people. And what if we killed them? Because they're very specific <laughs> about bad nobles. So maybe we could work together. <laughs> and there's just a very little scene that I would skip, except it's the moment of blood in this episode. Um, like Albert notices a, a maid with a bloody hand. And then the evil William comes out holding a, a really like gruesomely bloody fork. Yeah, and he's just kind of like, she, you know, did something very minor that I didn't care for, and I stabbed her on the hand, and she can't do anything about it because I'm a terrible rich person. And he was, like, bragging about it, because I guess he was trying to threaten poor William, <laughs> future, future, the future William Moriarty. So later he tries to do the trick on, um, does the same thing with Lewis. Right, he makes Lewis make him tea. And then he's like, lick up, lick it off the floor. And I was like, come on, dude. Like, and then he's like, I'm going to stab your hand. And then Moriarty, the, the, the new, William, the poor William, orphan William <laughs> is like, oh yeah, check this out. I'm going to stab my own hand. <laughs> like, can't mess with me, man. And he's just like, and then I assumed he was going to have the scars on his hand, you know, like, oh, hey, this is my reminder of, of how awful rich people are. And I don't think you see it. I think it's like his hand is like fine by the next scene. <laughs> yeah, I don't. He was never bandaged or anything. Yeah, that's such just a needlessly cruel thing that William does too. Which, right, his character is needlessly cruel because he makes him brew him tea, and then he hands it to him, and he's like, "You think I would drink tea prepared by someone as low class as you?" And spills it on the rug, and it's like, then don't just don't ask him to make tea. Yeah, right. It's like. <laughs> I feel like you could have brought this to my attention before I tried to make you tea. <laughs> <laughs> also, how hard? I mean, I, I mean, no offense. I, I know that, like, the no offense to tea makers of the world, but like, it's not like you're. It's not like you have to prepare it. It's like if if the best tea maker in the world has the same hot water and like tea bags, like there's not like a, you know, there's not like the it's not a skill gap. Okay, you know? so Ryan, the moment you say tea bags, like you're doing it wrong in high society in English. Oh. In England. <laughs> Sorry, loose tea in your little uh tea thingy. When when I was uh doing my study abroad semester for acting in in London, we got a we got a tutorial on brewing the proper cup of tea. And in particular uh, one thing you you do is you put plain boiling water from the kettle into your cup and then pour it out, which raises the temperature of the cup so that when you pour your actual water in, the temper the cold cup doesn't lower the temperature of the boiling water before the tea has a chance to steep. I do that with my coffee pour over. So there, so people are very particular. You should never add milk. You you add the milk after the steeping is done. Right. That's just good policy. Like. If you're <laughs> 
But I think, don't you go tea to milk? Don't you, isn't it like tea to milk instead of milk to tea or something? Oh, maybe. I don't know. I always pour tea. I do pour milk into the tea, but after it's done steeping. Yeah. I mean, people are very particular and they're also shitty. True. I just, <laughs> I just think that like you, like the, the, the drop off in quality of someone who's, I, and I assume he's made tea before. Like it, it see, like the tea seemed fine. So it's like, I would assume that like, even as an orphan, he's got some sort of grasp on tea making, even if it's like he doesn't have the like the equipment previously. Like, I think he could handle it where it's really not going to taste that much different. There was something I was watching recently where someone was bad at making tea and they kept spilling it out. But I can't remember. Oh, uh, not Haunting of Hill House, but the sequel series. Oh, uh, The Haunting of Bly Manor. Yeah. She, she tries to make tea. She's an American, like being the family's nanny and yeah they keep pouring it out what so. were they did it did she do a bad job or did were they doing it to be rude to her she did a bad job and they were hiding they it. liked they were her like, Ooh, they it's liked delicious. Her. oh my god <laughs> well he didn't even try it <laughs> the main thing you can do to tea is oversteep it and then it gets bitter that's true or understeep it and it's too like watery uh, he also could have learned to make tea while in the house, because how long did you all get the impression these brothers lived with this family before murdering them? Oh, Lord only knows. Well, long At least enough a to week. get a surgery and then recover from the surgery. Right. Like, it seemed like a week, though, right? Like, or something like it was very fast. Apparently, it was like a year in the manga. They were like, oh, really? yeah, you've lived here for a year and we hate you now. That tea scene was like specifically like, you've been here for a year. Yeah, they they could have slipped that into the dialogue. I will say the uh, the when things are happening in the show is not clear, right? Mm-hmm. But let's finish off part one and and talk about the the part two. So, right, this is a two part episode: Scarlet Eyes Part One, Scarlet Eyes Part Two. One continuous plot. Um, the very last thing in part one is Albert going back to the chapel, finding unadopted William there, and they basically are like, "Let's work together. You want to come live with us? We'll make a deal," sort of thing, right? Although we only see half the conversation now. They play it off like Albert is not, he's like, come and live at my house, you two. Even though I was supposed to just get one orphan. I'm sure my dad's going to be fine with this. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's what we did when we adopted cats, which is very different than adopting humans. Right. Um, But, you know, we went to the cat shelter and we came back with two cats and my dad was like, you said you were adopting one cat. And it's like, but they were, but they were best friends. Yeah. (laughs) No, they were just good friends. But it's funny because it's like, like the, the, the wife is like, you're getting orphans. Like what? They're going to have diseases, blah, 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 blah. But at no point did she complain that she ended up with two instead of one. Like you think someone did. I don't think it came. Did it come? I don't remember it coming up. You know, it's like now it's like, uh, oh, we're going to have to feed them more or whatever. And it's just kind of like, they're just upset that the, that they had to pay for the surgery. Oh, no. The mom said that she got two for the price of one and the younger one is sick. When they first come oh, in, she okay. complained. That wasn't going to sneak by her. No. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait a minute. There's two ragamuffins. Yeah. Yeah. So, so those are the kinds of things that happen at the beginning of the episode two. It's them arriving at the house for the first time. Moriarty gets to go back to the party and, like, tell everybody about his orphans. Also, and- like... We didn't see any like adoption process or paperwork. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, come home. Are okay. You, <laughs> are you kidding me? If you were a rich person in, in that time period in England, you could just walk into an orphanage and walk out with kids. Like, yeah. <laughs> it was like, oh, no accountability. Yeah, it's not like there's a three day waiting period or something. 
we have this like some scenes of them living there. We have that that tea scene that we just talked about. And the other thing I noticed in this scene was how fancy the room was. Like he was sitting on a white couch and everything was upholstered right. and this like intricate rug. Very ridiculous. And oh, yeah, we covered like most of this episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> well, so now it's the the denouement. It's the, the big the big moment. Yeah, we're getting to the point. Albert is starting to see the pictures in the house with dark shadows. And this ties in like William gave this whole speech about how the nobility are cursed by demons and when he kills them all of society will be happy. Yes. Which is weird because it does add like a supernatural element to things, but they don't explore it. It's just kind of like that's uh, that's my uh, view on life. Like you know, I believe in uh, <laughs> believe in fairies, demons controlling the the land of gentry, and uh, you know, if we kill them all, everything's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and I also liked a moment that the family has dinner without the other two. William stabs his egg, and like the yolk runs, and he's just a weird brutal in the way he does it but the 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 thing that they talk about at that dinner is the father had someone come up to him and thank him for like yes. william's help and william's like oh that wasn't me i wouldn't talk to them I wouldn't yeah. help people yeah <laughs> <laughs> i like when there's payoff for something that happened earlier like that but at the same time it's like it seems out of character for him to be like because he seems like such like a, a weasel that he would i would have imagined he'd have been like uh yeah, I am helping people. Like you would almost think that he would have sort of played that up a little bit more. Like, all right, now that you're doing things for me and you're setting up my good name or something, why don't you keep doing it? It's just an additional opportunity for them to be like, but they're poor people, so they don't count. So right. no one's like proud of anybody or anything, I guess. <laughs> it's just like, ew, why would I help smelly poor people? Right. Ew. And then Well, at this point Was no, please go ahead. Oh, I was going to transition to the next bit. So if you have anything else to say about this. No, I was going to transition to the next bit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, let's both do our transitions and see which one is better. No, I would like to, at this point, instruct everybody to take your um, complimentary pair of blood red tinted glasses and put them on. Yes. Because at this point, the moon turns red and everything is tinted red, as Michael alluded to earlier. Well, wait, we do have the part where the, the... This uh, William, bad William, evil, evil, biological William is uh, where he's he comes up with a plan to uh, to frame right the orphan brothers. The shitty mom's like, oh, if only they were criminals, then we could just get rid of them. Darn. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, yeah, mom, what if they were criminals? <laughs> the father is like of the of the family members who's not Albert. He's clearly the least bad one, at least as we see. But he still is like, it's oh, yeah, low, we could we could take bar. them back. But uh, but they would hurt our social standing right. unless they were criminals. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's just kind of like neutral about the whole thing where he's like, well, I mean, yeah, like we can't get rid of him right now, but uh, at some point, sure. Yeah, I feel like he's the kind of like father slash husband that's home like two hours of the day on any given day. So he's like, I don't interact with these things. Meanwhile, he's like (laughs) adopting orphans to please one mistress. And then he is like, you know, buying horses for the horse races to please another mistress. and. All his mistress-pleasing hobbies. It's got to be, like, having an affairs is probably, like, a full-time hobby. You know, you can't just, you can't just, <laughs> you can't just, you know, kind of half-ass it. You're like, all right, I'm very rich. I need to dedicate some time to this 
uh, mistress and this mistress and this mistress. Imagine like, I don't know, like having an affair with someone who's vegan and like you pretend to be vegan. Right. To to <laughs> to please them. But then like your spouse is like, why aren't you eating meat anymore? That's too much commitment. Like if you're like, if you're like, okay, I'm having an affair with this person and I'm going to pretend to be vegan, like just pretend to be vegan around them. Don't be vegan like all the time. You don't have to go method. Like you can't help. Well, but they're looking at your Instagram feed and like, you got to share your Instagram uh, anyway. See, this is why it's too much work to have an affair. <laughs> I agree. That's why only nobles, only nobles, the the idle rich, they, they're the only ones that have time. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't understand how anyone could deal with the stress of that level of deceit. Mm-hmm. Anyway. We don't have to worry about it for much longer, because William has a plan. <laughs> William has a plan. The three, the three future brothers have a plan um, as well. I saw a lot of this stuff coming together. Like, I think we kind of skipped over it, but you, you mentioned at the end of the first episode, we see the building burning down and the three brothers emerging from it. And mm-hmm. that kind of is like, oh, it's kind of clear what's going to happen. Which is weird, though, because it felt a little bit like next time on, you know, like next time on Mad Men. <laughs> and you're like, wait, <laughs> that's the very end of the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's so much that happens in the span of this house burning down. It's enough. It's enough to be like a whole sequel to A is for Arson. Yes. <laughs> like, well, first, I mean, before they even get to like burning the house down, it's like, Albert, I need you to stab your brother in the stomach with this broken like bench, like <laughs> like a stake in the heart, like it's a vampire. You know what I mean? He's like, well, that's that's like their shtick, right? They don't murder people. They're like, oh, you need you want this person dead? Great. I'm going to set it up so you can do it, but you got to do it. Right. Oh, yeah. It's a consulting criminal. Mm-hmm. This is also about Albert proving to them that he's on their side by killing his own brother. Um, and darn if William doesn't walk right into it. He He's bringing in silverware to plant in their drawer to, to accuse them of stealing. But it turns out that uh, the other William isn't in bed. It's just, you know, like a dummy. Right. The old bunch of pillows and blankets. And so Scarlet William comes up behind him and it's like, Oh, you're here. That saves me the trouble of moving the body. Because <laughs> he has to move the body to the that attic room so it looks like William the orphan died. Yeah, because there's about to be a fire. <laughs> yeah, and this stabbing is not pleasant. No. It's, it's more pleasant than the manga. <laughs> oh. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, but, but I understand why. So this scene was actually both the mom and shitty William were there in the manga. And I understand oh, why and Albert that killed out. both of them? Be- yes, which makes no sense. Like if you try to frame it out in animation, because like why would the mom just stand there and watch and then get murdered second? In the manga, he like takes the wooden stick and stabs uh, shitty William in the, th- the mouth and then, strangle- and then strangles the mom to death with like a rope. How Jeez. is it like... Ha! Like oh. through the back of the throat. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that was a very helpful uh, demonstra- visual <laughs> demonstration. <laughs> uh, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. He he has this like broken piece of wood that he hands to Albert, and I was thinking actually, you're talking about like why doesn't he get away? Well, it's it's because they're in this shitty tiny room that they've put the kids in. Like in any other room, there would be furniture behind hide behind, Several maybe a second doors. door. Yeah. And here, there's like one very narrow entranceway. It's true. It was his own, there's yeah. nowhere to run. Their hubris was their own undoing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But after Albert stabs him, 
I wrote down a bunch of quotes for some reason. Scarlett Williams says, you have shown me the proof of your resolve. And then they turn to the guy who's dying and they're like, well, we have to keep you alive so you can die of smoke inhalation. Right. (laughs) In case a cop uh, accidentally does their job. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, I mean, you wouldn't really even think, I mean, he's right that I don't think anyone would even think of it. It's like, they clearly burned to death. Like, I don't think, I think we're fine here. Did anyone else notice the music at this point? The background music? Uh, no. <laughs> it's like triumphant orchestral music. Like rousing. Oh, yeah, it is very like ceremonial. Yeah, I remember rousing that. It's very ceremonial, like a march or something. Like a, mm. like here comes like a, a, here comes like a royal person kind of a thing. Yeah. While they are doing this crime. <laughs> I have to say it was a missed opportunity that evil William wasn't killed with a fork. Like they have the forks. They brought, he brought the forks <laughs> to, you know what I mean? And then it's like, kill him with a stick. I'm like, no, kill him with the fork. Cause the from earlier, I thought that was going to happen too. No. Yeah. I agree. Fine guys. Come on. Come on. Morty Moriarty, the Patriot. Come on. You know, they don't really play. I mean, who knows what happens in the later episodes, but like in the first, you know, it's like, you know, he talks about like, oh, you know, it's impure and then the country can be great again, making him quote unquote a patriot. But like, he doesn't really say that he loves the country except for this one part. You know, it's like, it doesn't really feel like he's doing it for the good of the country. It just feels like he really enjoys having other people kill rich people. I think they're using patriot in like a American patriot revolutionary sense. Yeah, it also this is, you know, the title of a Japanese manga and Japanese anime series, so they're it's their interpretation of the English word. No, it's not they don't use the English word. It's uh I'm going to go Oh, they ahead. don't. Nope, it's the it's a Japanese word. Do, 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 do. Okay, well, that's what you're here for. Yukoku, okay. Find out what that okay, is. so now I we're going to figure out what Yukoku means. I keep Googling it of copying means. it. There we go. Okay, so patriot was the best English word that they could <laughs> find to represent a translation of this Japanese word. Melancholy. What? It's the melancholy of Moriarty. <laughs> well, that's very It's different. a dub name, everyone. It's a shitty dub name. Wow. <laughs> Well, I can't blame I can't blame um, someone in Japan for not n- knowing the context of what patriot might mean since so, they didn't use it. <laughs> yeah, he's also not that oh. melancholy. Like I would say, like, and if he seems pretty happy go lucky, all things considered. Mm. Well, there's famously isn't isn't there the melancholy of Saru Saruhi Haruhi Suzumiya? Yeah, is that also this same word? The melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya. It's a, it's a slightly different form of the word, but it's yutsu and it's melancholy. Although I will say, uh, I did slightly mispronounce. It's not Moriarty. It's not uh, the melancholy of of Moriarty. It's Moriarty of the melancholy. So. So. Yeah, I don't know what to make of that. <laughs> Maybe because he's representing the melancholy like the downtrodden. Oh, oh, I see. That makes sense. Like that, those are his people. And then, so you could, you could think of it as he's a patriot of that particular class of people where he is representing them. The Moriarty of the people. Well, that was the, that was the real mystery that we solved today. (laughs) (laughs) That was an adventure. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So in terms of this arson, um, great arson, really just top, top notch. I thought they really did a, well, Moriarty, 
even says it's the perfect crime, which is something he also said in episode one. He referred to it as the perfect crime. <laughs> like, how could this be the perfect crime if this was the perfect crime? <laughs> <laughs> well, he does lots of them. Um, so they're opening all of like the gas valves to fill the whole house with gas. And then they rig a gun to the clock so that it'll go off when the, like, the clock chimes. And then they hide in the airtight wine cellar so they're not caught in the explosion. There's also this shot, like William was the the, the one who's about to die was so terrible, but even like just seeing him in the bed, like bleeding and knowing the house was about to blow was like, was pretty intense. Yeah. It was pretty brutal. Like he was too injured to go anywhere, but still kind of alive. Right. But you're also like, boy, this guy's really terrible, but also he's like 10. So, so yeah, it's a tough one. One last thing that Lewis does before they leave the house, like the house is now on fire and they come out of the wine cellar. Right. Uh, and Lewis picks up a burning stick and gives himself a nice big burn on his own face. For some reason. Yeah, like there's a lot of other places to burn yourself. <laughs> it's just like right on your neck. Like, oh, geez, it's right here. How did this happen? My lower back. My uh, <laughs> Right. My house burned down trance Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he had to, like, yeah, rip the thing, but it's like, I feel like he could have chose a better spot. But he did, did he have a scar in the first episode? I was trying to remember. I don't think he did. I don't remember. We watched it afterwards and I didn't look. They all just mysteriously healed. Michael, are you looking at something? Yeah, I'm still trying to break apart our melancholy uh, patriot <laughs> kerfluffle. Don't mind me. <laughs> okay. Um, and Lewis says, like, he wants to do something to help out, and this is what he's going to do, is burn himself so that it, it seems more likely that they were victims and not arsonists. Although, it would have made more sense if they just burned all their clothes in different spots, and then they would seem... <laughs> yeah, I will say, though, as when we see him as an adult, I was looking for the scar, but he just has, like, super long bangs that cover his the sides of his face oh, in every shot. Oh, bangs. Those classic Victorian-era bangs. Yeah. <laughs> classic. <laughs> well, anime Victoria. Yes. Victorian-era. And then there's... This is pretty much the end of the episode. The three of them come out of the house, and they tell the police... Uh, Albert speaks up and he's like, this is my brother, William, and my brother, Lewis. And so he's presenting them as like his brothers right. and all that. Oh, and, and they have now declared themselves to be a quote, accomplices, comrades, and family. Oh, it's like a, it's like a uh, live, laugh, love kind of a <laughs> put that on like a little uh, uh, thing above the door. And they show us that already when Albert met with William in the church before he adopted them, that he like pledged his life to him to help him realize his dreams of killing a lot of rich people. Right. Very resonant in uh, today's, <laughs> today's age. <laughs> it's resonant now, <laughs> as it was in Victoria, in, manga, in uh, anime Victorian uh, uh, England. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to double back real quick because I finally broke this down. Okay. <laughs> our weird, our okay. weird. So... Uh, the the kanji that construct this word uh, are the kanji for melancholy just by itself and the the kanji for country uh, and I think it's like one who is like filled with melancholy like anxiety or mourning for the country oh. is basically what's happening so I don't know so it seems like it's a a word that we don't have a translation for in English it seems like that yeah Someone's like, my country sucks, so let's fix it. Yeah. Maybe. Okay, so we need, a, we need this word in English, is what you're saying. Sorry, Maybe, I should have been yeah, like Moriarty the civic-minded. Yeah, perfect. That sounds... Yeah, that would have been, yeah. Someone tells <laughs> Funimation. 
I would have called it uh, two and a half Moriarty's. (laughs) (laughs) Which one's the half? Yeah. Lewis. That's fair. That's fair. That is rude. Poor Lewis. Poor Lewis. You know he's probably going to die. Like, you know it's going to be like the penultimate episode and he's going to, you know, fall on a grenade or or something where he sacrifices himself heroically. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, he's definitely, he's dead. If they go back to their Sherlock Holmes route, Sherlock and Maine Moriarty will die. True. Although if they go more into the anime side of things, like the three Moriarty brothers could maybe like fuse and transform into a bigger, <laughs> larger Moriarty brother. This is now Dragon Ball. Yeah. <laughs> Sherlock and Watson also combine. Is this kind of like. But it's like, like a jet plane. Of, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, sorry, you don't have enough lions to form Poltron. <laughs> So, so as we kind of wrap up, the first thing I noticed, so this is on Funimation, and they list it uh, as several genres, drama, horror, psychological, and sci-fi. Sci-fi's got to be a mistake, right? Is it? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> or is this a spoiler? Are there going to be real demons? Are there going to be real demons? <laughs> well, it's in like... the first episode, it sort of hinted at that the sort of the evil character in that episode has like sharp pointy teeth. And would seem to oh, he be. Did, yeah. Oh, he did. And there was a lot of demonic iconography in that first one. I want to know if there's real demons in this show now, and I don't know. There is coming out on Netflix very soon a show called The Irregulars, um, which is um, a Sherlock Holmes-inspired show about like these teens with supernatural powers who help out a Sherlock Holmes and uncover some kind of supernatural thing. Sherlock Holmes plus the supernatural is pretty normal. Mm-hmm. Some, he seems to keep getting sent to do to solve like Cthulhu mysteries. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's got to do it. So, so Ryan, tell us what, what did you think? What did you make of all this? Did you have a good time watching it? Uh, yeah, it was interesting. Um, you know, it, it is one of those things where, uh, you know, I'm not as, uh, uh, I don't watch anime that often, so it's one of those things that always sticks out to me is when every time, you know, with all the gasping and, like, oh, <laughs> ah, <laughs> and I'm always very enamored, especially with like the the like the father and like the the, the older male characters have that like cadence of speaking, like, and I'm like, ooh, it's always that's always very exciting for me. But yeah, and overall, overall, I thought. It's like it's like a good place to start, but at the same time, it doesn't. I feel like if I hadn't seen the first episode, I would have been like, "Well, what's next for the Moriarty brothers?" You know, like, <laughs> and then you're like, and now I know that it's it's just, and it seems like it seems like just killing people, like as opposed to like, hey, you could rob these people and make them poor, or you could, you know, blackmail them, or or whatever. It's like, no, 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 just killing. <laughs> yeah, we were just saying earlier. Um, that maybe they should have combined the, all th- the first three episodes and had them like solving this murder in the present day and flashing back mm. and like playing all thing three things out in parallel, all these things out in parallel, so that you got the best of both worlds. Right, because you have the through line of the orphan that was like sort of the key to opening, unlocking that first uh, mystery. So it's like, yeah, that seems like a wasted opportunity. Again, it's like, ugh. yeah i enjoyed this i think the storytelling is kind of a mixed bag because it's like episode one starts off with that scene that doesn't go anywhere and episodes two and three have that like bookend on the train which doesn't add anything Mm -hmm. yeah i was expecting like at the end of that you know oh i'm talking to this gentleman on the train and it's like i could make you very rich and then cut to the end it's like i can make you very rich 
but I'm also going to blackmail you because I know that you <laughs> secretly uh, are abusing your nanny or something or whatever it is, but like yeah. something where it's like, you are bad to, you know, the lower classes and this is me tricking you. There's, there's a reason I'm sitting across from you on this train. I got some of that like potential energy from that, but like the first thing the guy, the weird random guy said to establish his life is that like, yeah, my wife yelled at me because I can't afford wallpaper because I've been gambling. <laughs> so like, he didn't sound like a rich guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or like, it's like, oh, hey, random person. I know that you're poor because your boss doesn't pay you enough. We could, we could murder him. And then you'd have <laughs> enough money for wallpaper and gambling. So the, my other question, Ryan, is does, does this, what are points of comparison for you? Does it remind you of anything else? Um, well, it is funny. I mean, like looking at it through sort of the lens of Sherlock Holmes of the, uh, um, of the original, you know, I, I, everything everybody saw, like the BBC version with Benedict Cumberbatch. And it's like, oh yeah, like what is, because it's, I mean, the way they por portray Mor Moriarty in that version, it's like, oh, he's just kind of a, like a, an anarchist. Like he's just doing it, you know, because he has these abilities and it's fun to mess up everything up. And, you know, Sherlock Holmes here stop him, but it's like, oh, well, yeah, that gives him a little more like, oh, the reason he's doing it is because for revenge essentially. Uh, so it gives it a little more, I, I liked that it, it gave it a little more color to like, you know, uh, to that version of Moriarty. I don't know if it, uh, I, I couldn't think of any other real analog for it, but yeah, I was like, I was like, oh, okay, I can kind of see how this still works, but I don't know that you, cause then it's like, I, I think it almost like handicaps, like where Sherlock Holmes would end up eventually. Cause you're like, all right, I'm going to stop this blackmail or I'm going to stop like somebody murdered this and I'm going to solve this mystery. And it's like, well, but this person was really bad. Like, so, uh, yeah. Justice from like skimming Wikipedia summaries. I get the point. It's very much like these Moriarty is pulling off the perfect crimes and Sherlock sees these crimes that can't be solved. And is like, well, Diagnabit, I'm going to solve these crimes. Right. <laughs> and that's what puts them into opposition. Uh, M Michael, you have had this look on your face. Is everything yeah. okay over I there? Fell down Do I need a, to come I, to the other room? <laughs> I fell down a little Google hole, and I am this 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 show gets wild. Oh, this show gets, or at least the manga got wild. I don't know how. This is like the thirteenth volume. Uh, can I risk spoiling future stuff? Like, cause well, what, we'll just warn people. How I, you're spoiling very far into it, Ryan? Can we can we spoil you a little bit? Actually, let me ask Ryan my my other question. I have written down here before you do this, which is Ryan. Would you, would you, do you want to watch more of this show? How, how did this, how did this leave you feeling? I think I would watch more of this show. I mean, there's not that many episodes, right? <laughs> I think 12. Yeah. Mm. I think I, I was thinking I would watch the rest of it just to see how it turned out. But, uh, uh, I'm, I'm okay if you're spoiling because I'm sure, I'm assuming the, the manga and the anime are going to diverge. It's basically just a character. Okay. Uh, who probably won't even come up in the anime, I'm assuming, because it's pretty wild. Okay, so I was trying to figure out if Train Guy was going to matter later, and I just found a list of characters, and I saw the character name James Bond, and I was like, fucking what? <laughs> so I clicked on it, and here's the blurb, here's the blurb. James Bond, previously known as Irene Adler, is an affiliate of Moriarty. She is a former prima donna born in New Jersey. After faking her death, she joined MI6 as James Bond. What? What? <laughs> Irene Adler? Is James what? Bond? 
That's so wild. What is this show? <laughs> well, it does lend the idea of the, I mean, the, the James, there's a theory of James Bond where that James Bond is just a name and different people, yeah. and it's a part of the 007 alias. And so it could make sense that she's a part of that lineage, uh, I guess, pretending to be a man also. But specifically yeah. Irene Adler, the, the closest to a notable female character in the Sherlock Holmes history because she shows up in one story. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, interestingly, I haven't watched much of it, but when I was looking up Moriarty, it seems that on the sh- uh, the show Elementary, um, that Irene Adler and Moriarty are the same character. Oh. That they've combined elements of both of them. Wild. <laughs> <laughs> and so they're both knows? James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing, right? We'll I I suspect we will someday watch more episodes of this anime and talk about them on the podcast. It's not going to be anytime soon um, because we've got other things in the works. Uh, but if you, Ryan T. Barlow, or anyone listening to this, <laughs> do watch more and want to clue us into what you thought or um, what you t- t- fill us in, tell us tell us what goes on by sending an email to dyingmessagepodcast at gmail.com and we will share your thoughts with the rest of the class. Fun. And by that, I mean the rest of the social class. <laughs> yes. <laughs> only, only, the, only the most downtrodden will get your, <laughs> get your thoughts about this. And if you would um, like to bake us any cookies or bake us any potatoes or send us any scones, we'll also accept those. Yes. But only yes. Those and if you things. have flowers that are struggling, just a little bit of vinegar might help. Yeah. And if you have any rats, you can poison them with strychnine. Uh, don't take this advice, yeah. please. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> it was weird that the vinegar, the vinegar, and I almost looked it up and I was like, is that a thing? It's like vinegar and water to get flowers to? I know that when you get a bouquet of flowers, it comes with a little packet of something that you can dump into the water to make them live longer. Maybe the, maybe the water was too basic, and so you need to add a little acid. I don't know. But there is something you do know, Ryan. Okay. <laughs> and that is, if people want to follow you around or figure out what you're up to, where should they go and what should they check out? Uh, so if you're, uh, if, you're, if you're still on Facebook and haven't completely quit that lifestyle... Uh, <laughs> uh, if you haven't completely abandoned the platform, the uh, you can find if you look for people of interest, it's the one with the the. Uh, there's actually multiple people of interest. Like I don't know what all these people are doing, but uh, people of interest, you'll know it's mine because it has like a little blue logo in uh, like a speech bubble. Um, and you can go there to see you know upcoming events I have. So I, I do a show once a month uh, every uh, every second Friday. Um, so uh, check that out. Um, I, basically, what I do is I have uh, performers from around uh, around the country now. It used to be around the city of Philadelphia. Now it's around the country because it's all on Zoom. And um, uh, I have them come on uh, to play characters uh, that I'll inter- and I interview them as those characters. The catch is they don't know who the character is until I've read it to the audience. So they have to kind of come up with everything on the fly. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, and if you like, it is a lot of fun. Yeah. Noah's been on it, and you can. Uh, I uh, I have a if you if you search for us on YouTube as well, uh, you can find the, there's a whole archive of, of video content uh, around that. Which I actually I think I need to post on the Facebook page. So by the time this is out, hopefully that's on the the Facebook page as well. Um, I also uh, do a show with uh, Neil Bardhan, friend of the show, Neil Bardhan. Um, Are you saying friend of our show? I assume he's a friend of your show. Yeah, he's he was uh, on episode five, and he also joined us for Dying Message Challenge. Uh, yeah, see, let's call him a friend. I assume 
So he and I have a, a dinner party show. Uh, it's called My Dinner with Ryan Neal, P.T. Bard Hanla, which uh, is a portmanteau of, of both of our names. It's like a triple portmanteau. And uh, uh, what we do is every uh, once a month on Sunday, we have dinner together uh, via Zoom. Uh, we make our own dinners and we invite a f- interesting guest to come on, like an actual real person, and, and inter- interview them about you know what they're up to and just kind of have a dinner party. Um, and then there's usually a fun surprise somewhere mixed in there. Um, so you can, if you start, if you search for my dinner with, and like RY, it'll be, it's the first thing that comes up. So you'll, you don't have to type out the whole name, but also check us out on Facebook. Uh, that runs on Facebook live and, uh, also YouTube live through frigid, uh, frigid theater in New York, uh, is actually the one that hosts it. So, um, uh, Assuming that there's still a pandemic going on when you're listening to this, uh, save our stages and donate. You don't have to donate to people of interest. I'm just running it myself. And there's no theater that needs to be saved. <laughs> and you have to pay. Actually, you have to pay to see people of interest. So that's it, your donation right there. <laughs> it's only $5, though. I think that's a very reasonable price for fantastic online comedy that you can watch for free uh, a week or so later. <laughs> <laughs> I agree and if I sneeze it's not because of anything you just said okay I'm not going to sneeze you should just sneeze just let it out it's fine just cut around <laughs> it I have found that by announcing I'm going to sneeze I can prevent most sneezes why do you not want to sneeze well in the middle of a podcast uh, I love a good sneeze I'll sneeze on a podcast I don't, I don't care <laughs> a good sneeze you gotta get it out this isn't the nasal emissions hour <laughs> Okay, so Ryan, thank you for doing this. You know, uh, because of your because of your inability to skip to and start with episode two, you ended up watching an extra episode of anime to come on the podcast, um, and we appreciate that. We appreciate you being here. People should definitely check out your uh, your content. Oh shoot! Sorry, the content I, of your can content. Also, can I also promote the Mean Wendy band? I forgot about that. <laughs> you can, late? but uh, you're not going to get another thank you. No, go ahead. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the Mean Wendy band, uh, uh, check us out. We're on we're on all the social medias, not just Facebook. Um, we've got albums on Spotify you can listen to. And we're going to have an out. Al- we're going to have a new album come out this summer in August with all well mostly new material. So you definitely want to check that out. Um, and I rate some of the songs. And thank you for having me on the show. This is the awkward. I've made this very awkward. I hope you can edit this. No, no, no. It's okay. Thank you for being on the show. (laughs) No, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I want to tell everybody what we're going to be doing next week, which is a big milestone for us. Episode 33 of the podcast. And we are going to be covering the first episode of Detective Conan, um, also known in the the U.S. as Case Closed. Which we will not call it. (laughs) <laughs> well, we will we will call it that so that people know what we're talking about. Um, you can actually watch that. It's streaming these days on Crunchyroll. Um, if you are in the U.S., that's where you can find it. Um, definitely watch that first episode. It's so good. You want to watch that. I mean, you don't have to. You can still listen to the podcast if you don't, but you should. Um, and come back next week when we cover that. Um and, you know, in general, this podcast is keeping on, keeping on, and you can help more people keep it on on their iPhones um, by spreading the word about the podcast. And Michael, don't make faces when I'm doing <laughs> promotions. Um, so what you got to do, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, give us a star rating, write a comment that lets other people know you enjoyed it and that they should check it out. Um, if you, Wherever you're listening to this, if you're on Podcatcher or wherever. 
subscribe so that you get the updates. Um, another way to get updates is to follow us on social media. So that's um, Dying Message Podcast on Facebook or at Dying Message Pod on Twitter. And then, you know, send us those emails to dyingmessagepodcast at gmail.com because we want to know what detective anime you're watching or what responses you have to what we're doing. And we will share those thoughts live on air and then record that and then share those in the recorded podcast. Wow. <laughs> so, uh, Ryan, before we part, I do have to ask about your mystery, which I will admit I made sound slightly more exciting than it is. The mystery of the fractured ceiling. <laughs> yes. So uh, I noticed that in my living room there, uh, there was a couple, it almost looked, it wasn't quite like full on water damage, but the dry or whatever, the dry wall ceiling, whatever plaster uh, was like crumbling a little bit uh, in a couple spots. And I was uh, investigating a couple different uh, possibilities. And I noticed that in my, um, in my bathroom that there was that the caulking around the base of the tub uh had pulled away from the tub itself leaving a gap and my son who declan who is three three well, he's, he'll be nearly he'll be four in uh, april um oh so my he word. should know better <laughs> he, was, he splashes a lot in the bathtub uh which we tell him not to do and that water gets on the floor and that goes into the crack which uh, uh then was leaking into the ceiling um, so it's not too bad or anything, but I did right before, right before, uh, we recorded this, I recocked the bathtub. So, uh, so it's solved now. So you don't, it's, it's solved and it's taken care of. So it's not just, I didn't just figure out what happened. I then took the proactive steps to make sure it doesn't happen anymore. So ultimately the culprit here is, is your th- nearly four year old son. Yes. Do you think he had any help from a crime consultant in planning uh well actually uh, this crime no he certainly did not he's his own <laughs> he's a criminal mastermind in his own right uh i would say that the person who cocked the tub in the first place would have benefited from <laughs> a uh a consultant of some sort because he did a terrible job uh it was one i mean it's one of those things where like i'm not the most i think i'm pretty handy but i'm not like a you know an expert by any means but uh i was like ripping out this cog and i'm like this is just lousy like this is a really really bad job and uh i actually this is um admittedly i did this is actually the third time that i had to recock it because the first time uh so you put down you put down painter's tape so that the caulk doesn't get uh everywhere else and then you just rip it up but i forgot to rip it up before the caulk hardened. So then I, when I went to rip it up, it ripped out all the caulk. So then I had to do it again. And the set, so I ripped out the caulk again and put it back in. And I forgot to use mineral spirits to clean out the, um, the old caulk because caulk doesn't stick to caulk for whatever reason. And I forgot to do that. So then it started cracking. So this is the, this is the one that this is, this is it. This is, this is the good one. Hopefully. <laughs> So what I'm hearing is ultimately the person is at fault is the person that originally put in the bathtub and that you are looking for a crime consultant to help you get revenge <laughs> to, to identify this person and get revenge upon them. Uh, you know what? I think, uh, I think, I think there's a lot, if I were to use a crime consultant, I think I have bigger fish to fry somewhere in the world. <laughs> I'd have to think about it, but I, I'm sure I could come up with somebody, something better in revenge wise. Yeah. 
I mean, let's be honest. If any of us, the three of us here, were going to do a crime, it would be some kind of daring heist. Right. Yeah, I would want to benefit, like, in some way, like, monetarily. Because then I could just pay someone to do the redo the bathtub. Like, I wouldn't be doing it myself. Yeah, find someone who accepts uh, stolen artwork. Yeah. <laughs> you know, those shady... Uh, contractors who you can only pay with uh, stolen merchandise all right well i need to go rescue michael from his google hole oh Uh -oh. i'm not at the google hole you're you're out of the google hole i just found james bond irene adler to be wild (laughs) it just seems unnecessary it's like wow you've got this great character of irene adler what if we had james bond what if we combine (laughs) wait no no wait you're fine hold on what if they are also a robot What if Lewis becomes Irene Adler, becomes James Bond? Oh my god. And that closes the case on this week's Dying Message, the detective anime mystery podcast. Episode 32, in which we adopt orphans to flirt with socialites. Podcast cover art created by Miriam Bloom. Music excerpted from Solve the Damn Mystery by Jesse Spillane. Thank you again to our mystery guest, Ryan T. Barlow. Coming up, what is the premise of Detective Conan? Should we just be conforming and calling it case closed? Will it be worth the wait? All that and more when we next examine the scene of the crime for that fatal note. The dying message. What did we learn last night from uh, the trivia game show we were watching that David Letterman owns part of the Indy 500? I didn't learn that. Oh, I guess I watched that without you. Yeah, I love love when you start an episode of a game show with me and then watch the rest without me, and I get no closure. <laughs> it's still there. We can go back and watch it together, and I'll know all the answers. What is happening where you can't finish like a half-hour game show? It's an it's an hour-long format. What hour-long game show is there? The chase. The chase. Oh, you know those primetime, high-budget uh, oh sure game shows. Yep. All right, let's let's start the podcast. Cool. Let's do it. <laughs> Welcome to Dying Message, where each week we watch Detective Anaway. I said Anaway. <laughs> Anne Hathaway. It's not Japanimation, right? I should be saying anime, not Japanimation. Is that, is yes, that correct? It's probably. Yeah. Unless you want people to think you're from the early 90s. And I like, am. <laughs> just keep referring to it as Toonami. Nice. Mm.